The Daily Logos, Episode 1 The First Instruction from Christ So what is the first instruction that Christ gave us? The answer to that is in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark. When Christ started his ministry, the first thing he told people to do was to repent. Well now, if that's the first thing he's telling people to do, then certainly we should not only be doing that, but we need to know exactly what that means. Many people have interpreted that as feeling sorry about what they've done. And certainly there is an element of that to it, but that's not all it is. It's threefold. It is feeling sorry about sinning. It is to update your mind about what sin is. And then it is to make an amendment to your life or to turn away from that sin. So it's not just feeling sorry. And the other important thing is to understand that Christians are called to have a continual process of repentance. It's not just a one-time event and then on to the promised land we go. It's not just a single, all right, um, I feel bad about being a sinner, Christ is Lord, and off to the kingdom of heaven we go. And we know this if we actually dig deeper into the scripture. You know, there are many things that affect our standing in the eyes of the Lord, and that's a pretty terrifying thing to come to understand, but at the same time, we're called to have Christ's peace. So there's a balance there of peace and fear. God says to the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2 that we should work out our salvation in fear and trembling. To work it out. Work out our salvation. So, you know, there's many, many things that indicate to us in Scripture that not only is salvation not a single moment, nor is repentance a single moment, but it's a continual process. And we know this because of what Scripture says about the process of justification. You can read about what justifies us in the eyes of the Lord from the book of Romans, the book of Titus, and the book of James. And there's four things that affect our standing in the eyes of the Lord. And that is grace, faith, obedience to God's laws or His commandments, and good works. Now many people listen to Paul and they're like, you're not under the law anymore. And they misunderstand what Paul is getting at. You know, the entire Mosaic Law is 613 laws. So, that Mosaic Law is very different than God's moral law and the standards in which He expects of us in the New Testament. Now, you know, when Christ tells us to do something, it's not a suggestion. It's not, hey guys, that'd be really cool if you'd go ahead and just do that for me. That's definitely not the right perception because 
To be a Christian is to profess Christ as Lord of lords and King of kings and to understand Jesus is God. Okay, well, if Jesus is in fact the Lord of your life, any set of instructions in the New Testament is actually a commandment. And we have to follow his guidance. And if we ever fall short, we must repent. And there's no perfect person to ever walk this planet. So that's how we know the process of repentance, excuse me, that repentance is a process. And you'll see this, I've seen this in my own life and in many people's lives, that it's not a single turning away of sin where they're successful. They fall back into sin a couple times and it's the exact same sin. And so repentance is a process. Repentance is participating in the process of justification. You know, it's not just, again, a one-time event. And it's vital to maintain that humility. And that's why Philippians chapter 2 is so important. Because if we work at our salvation with fear and trembling, then we can maintain a state of humility and that will prevent complacency. It will prevent spiritual complacency. So these are very important things to understand. Very important. Now, we're going to talk about grace, faith, obedience to God's laws, and works in each in a, in a separate podcast. They'll each have their own topic, but today... Um, I want to talk about some things that can affect your standing in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, Christ says in the Gospel of Matthew, He who does not bear his cross in my name is unworthy of me. He also says, Those who love their family members more than me are unworthy of me. He also says, In the face of persecution, that is the, it is the one who endures till the end that will be saved. So it is, it's a continual striving. This, this idea of salvation and justification and sanctification is a continual process. Now, some people, whether they call themselves or, you know, whether they call themselves Protestants or not, the origin of this doctrine is from the Protestant Reformation, from Luther. And it's the idea that justification is grace only and faith only. Well, there's a problem with that because... That's not what Scripture says. And that's just the bottom line. If somebody says something and it violates Scripture, then it can't be so. And I'm currently in school for theology and apologetics, and I just found this out recently that Martin Luther wanted to remove the book of James from the New Testament. And he, wanted, he called the book of James an epistle of straw. Now, for those of you who don't know who James is, he's the brother of Jesus Christ. Anyone who has brothers knows how close brothers are. Anyone who has sisters knows how close sisters are. And for someone to say the brother of Jesus Christ wrote an epistle of straw, I, can, I can't get on board with that. I can't support it. Because Scripture says otherwise. So there, there are these things that Christ says justify us. 
these things that Paul says justify us, these things that James says justify us and affect our standing in the eyes of the Lord, we should take seriously and to act out and work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Now, the thing is, Christ's yoke is light when we are obedient to him and we give in to his lordship. That's when the yoke is light. If we reject the standards that he's set, if there's a spirit of rebellion within us, that's when the yoke becomes heavy because we're rejecting. It is the acceptance of Christ's yoke that makes it light because we know the basis for that yoke is love. And the greatest commandment is to love God first with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second commandment is to love others as we love ourselves, but therein lies another potential problem because not everyone knows how to love themselves. The best definition of love I can find is from St. Thomas Aquinas. And he says, Love, in the biblical sense, is to will the good of another. And if we compare that definition to the two greatest commandments and what Christ has called us to do, then we know without a shadow of a doubt that that's exactly what biblical love is. It's to will the good of another. It's the pursuit of goodness in Christ. That's what it means to love someone. It's to urge them towards goodness and to say no when they aren't loving themselves. So let us remain humble. Let's not allow any spiritual complacency to set in. Let's maintain a continual state of repentance, a continual state of humility, constantly participate in the process of justification and sanctification and to work out our salvation the way Christ tells us to. God bless you. I hope you guys have a great day.